Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, April 8th, and this is your FT News Briefing. First, an FT exclusive. Several Financial Times reporters interviewed Warren Buffett about what he, the largest shareholder in Wells Fargo, thinks the U.S. bank should do moving forward. Next, Saudi Aramco's newest international bond issue is attracting tens of billions of investor dollars, and it hasn't even been sold yet. Then, Kirsten Nielsen, the U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security, resigns from the Trump administration. Plus, the FT's U.K. political editor, George Parker, talks about the upcoming week in British politics ahead of the EU's emergency Brexit summit. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. bank Wells Fargo is still trying to rebuild its image after a fake account scandal. It turns out Wells Fargo branch employees were opening accounts for customers without their consent in order to hit incentive targets. Wells Fargo cheated millions of people for years. That's U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren in 2017 grilling Tim Sloan, then CEO of Wells Fargo. And Mr. Sloan, you say you've been making changes at Wells Fargo for 30 years, but you enabled this fake account scam, you got rich off it, and then you tried to cover it up. At best, you were incompetent. At worst, you were complicit. And either way, you should be fired. Sloan stepped down as CEO in March, and Alan Parker, the general counsel for Wells, has stepped in on an interim basis. So who will eventually lead Wells long term as it recovers from the scandal? Last week, several FT reporters spoke with Warren Buffett, the bank's largest shareholder. He said the next CEO shouldn't come from within Wells Fargo, or any Wall Street bank for that matter. When asked why they shouldn't come from within Wall Street, Mr. Buffett suggested that this type of candidate wouldn't sit well with politicians in Washington. To read the full interview, visit FT.com. Investors are flocking to Saudi Aramco's impending debut international bond, even well before the sale. Early interest from investors has swelled to almost $30 billion for an expected total assurance of around $10 billion across several maturities. Some investors even think the deal could increase in size. It's a big deal for the state energy company. The bond sale is part of the vision of Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman to open the kingdom's economy to the wider world. It also shows that banks and investors aren't deterred from doing business with Saudi Arabia despite outrage over the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in the Saudi consulate in Istanbul last year. Saudi Aramco expects to sell the bonds in the coming days. U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security Kirsten Nielsen is stepping down. President Donald Trump revealed the departure through a tweet on Sunday. He also announced that Kevin McAleenan will take her place in his administration. McAleenan is the current U.S. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner. Nielsen also tweeted about the resignation on Sunday, saying she was eternally grateful and proud of what the department's personnel did to protect their homeland. Nielsen was the center of attention last year when it was discovered that thousands of children were being separated from their parents at the U.S.-Mexico border. At the time, she asserted there was no such policy. The decision reinforces Mr. Trump's recent focus on tightening the flow of immigrants at the border. The U.S. president publicly complained about the increase in migrants over the past few weeks and had threatened to close the border with Mexico entirely. And here's a closer look at one of today's big stories. 
Prime Minister Theresa May and the UK opposition leader Jeremy Corbyn began a round of talks over Brexit last week. By Friday, it looked like those meetings had stalled. But more negotiations are slated for this week, and the FT's UK political editor, George Parker, says that over the weekend, both sides took a positive tone. And Theresa May is correct to say that there are potential areas of where the two parties can agree on things like the need for a withdrawal agreement, a divorce payment, citizens' rights. And there's probably also some common ground, I think, on some sort of customs arrangement. Um, The problem is that for both the leaders, although the policy areas might be identifiable as areas where they could work together, the political price to be paid for either of them in signing up to a joint agreement is extremely high and fiercely opposed by uh, strong factions in their own parties. So it will take a lot of political bravery, I think, to go down the cross-party route. George, I want to go back to the customs union for a second. Why has that become a focal point for brokering a deal? Well, a customs union is, um, to take a step back, is one of the things which um, for many years was seen as a sort of cornerstone of Britain's engagement with the EU. Um, It basically provided for free trade between Britain and its largest trading partner uh, without tariffs or quotas or rules of origin checks. And one of Theresa May's Uh, first act as Prime Minister was to say that leaving the customs union was going to be one of her red lines. And lots of people said this was a ridiculous position to take because it would undermine the supply lines of British industries and so on. So Labour, from quite an early stage, said that staying in the customs union to protect jobs and protect manufacturing was an important factor. And that seems to be something that Theresa May now is prepared to at least countenance, although getting an agreement is some way off because... There are many people in Theresa May's own party who, for whom signing up to a customs union will be seen as absolute treachery and a betrayal of Brexit. What should we expect to come out of the EU summit in Brussels on Wednesday? Well, it's, a, it's an emergency summit being convened um, two days before Britain is most recently scheduled departure date. Originally, Britain was scheduled to leave on March the 29th. That was pushed back then to April the 12th. So this meeting is two days earlier. And we expect the European Union to grant Britain another delay to Brexit, another extension of the so-called Article 50 exit process. Theresa May has asked for an extension until June the 30th. Um, There are some people in the European Union who think that's just about okay. There are others who think that they don't want to keep coming back to Brussels every few weeks and offering another extension. They think we'd better just to say to Theresa May, have a longer extension, maybe till uh, about this time in 2020, with a break clause where if Britain does ever get round to ratifying the Brexit treaty could leave a bit earlier. But either way, we expect the EU to grant some kind of extension on Wednesday and to avoid what I think would be a fairly catastrophic no-deal exit uh, at 11 o'clock on Friday night. Is there is there anything else we should be looking out for in Brexit news this week? Well, I think the other thing to watch out at the summit, apart from the actual uh, length of the delay to Brexit the EU is prepared to countenance, are the conditions which are attached to that extension. Now, don't forget that Britain here is very much the supplicant in these negotiations. It's it's going on bended knee, basically, to Brussels to ask for these extensions. And there are quite a few people in Brussels who are worried that if Britain does stay in the EU for another year or even longer, that it might use its position as a sort of departing member, but still with a vote, to try to disrupt European Union business. In other words, to try to use its position inside the club to try and drive a harder Brexit deal by threatening to to um, basically disrupt other European Union business. And I think that would be something that the EU will want, some sort of good behaviour, gentleman's agreement clause attached to it. 
You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com. Today, we'll be following along as Matteo Salvini kicks off his European Union election campaign with a populist rally. Salvini, who is Italy's deputy prime minister, is pushing to forge an anti-migration coalition with enough influence to upend the traditional balance of power in the European Parliament. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.